Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castron. Hey, Bob. Oh, man, we're back. We're back. We're back. It feels like it's been a minute. It's been, I don't, say. I don't remember how to do this at all. Completely gone. I Completely like erased from my mind. You're almost virginal to me. Ooh. Because I recorded... Many a podcast since the last time we did a show. It's a little hurtful. I have a globally popular professional football podcast that I promote ceaselessly on social media. It's basically the, the only thing, NFL podcast. Basically the only thing you do on social media. <laughs> that and like Instagram photos of quote unquote hotties. Hotties. Yeah, you just uh, you're the guy that just goes wow perfection on all of on <laughs> I all, love those guys on all of their photos. <laughs> Um, it's like pan camera down, please. And the, yep. the two, the two hearts for eyes. Yes. Emoji. That's your move. That's your move. I do like doing that. <laughs> I love getting creepy. Um, yes, it's been a while. Um, we had our respective summer vacations and I'll tell you what, Bob, I think I need a vacation from my vacation. Oh man. <laughs> it's true. Though. What more can you say? It's one of those sad, um, as we've talked about on the show, those the sad, you know, late thirties, early forties, youngish dad cliches that you heard when you were younger, yeah, and you just kind of brushed it off, and then it happens to you. Yeah, I mean, every cliche is a cliche for a reason. They're all completely on point, and you're going to go through that at some point in your life, whether you think, oh, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to be the dad that's exhausted from a vacation who needs a vacation from a vacation. Yeah, you are. You right. are. Kids are exhausting. It's like my wife, me, our sex life isn't what it used to be. Well, it won't happen with me and my girlfriend. No, no. Because we we can't stop boning. We love it. We'll be boning (laughs) till we're 90, seven nights a week. Um, Yeah, so that's good, though. We both made it back alive, and we're in the garage. And I saw on your Twitter, Bob, Mm -hmm. at Bob Castrone. That's me. Bob, of course, is – let's properly introduce Bob. Bob is (laughs) – um, a um, former writer for the Best Week Ever blog. Well, you're going way back. We're going. We're starting. We're starting my intro in 2004. I was the director of uh, Towson University's uh, TV program. Yep, pregame. Uh, pregame was a program. Yep, that was on the public access channel. There, it was the local TV station. It was yeah. like the Wayne's World of it Towson was. University. It kind way, of was. Right? We were the sketch comedy show on there. Yeah, and. Did you find, not to get um, sidetracked, but did you find that you were able to leverage that into gayish? Did you you find success with women through your uh, college television Well, you know what? I found success with women through it the same way you would find it through like doing a play. It wasn't necessarily somebody who saw it that was like, oh my God, that guy's on TV is so... uh, intriguing i need to bone him right it was more the people that would work on the show there were a couple of girls what kind of, what kind of man up. gashes he got working under that zip <laughs> that's that's exactly what they were that thinking woman in, never said that to in you. 1999 
So, Bob, yes, he worked for his college television station. Right. Then he worked. Why are we going backwards at this? Okay. Okay. Uh, Bob actually also wrote a little bit for the Pearl River High School Pirates log. Nice work there. He ran, of course, for class president where he promised. This was in sixth grade now. So we've gone from me being 24 to me being 12. Remember, Bob, that you and never forget, Bob, that you don't, promised. Why? No, don't don't do this now. You promised. No, do we to have the to? Entire middle school. I know. A sleigh riding club. Uh, it, what a disgrace! I was in fifth grade, not sixth. So that, I think that makes it worse <laughs> because there were two grades of kids who were older than us that heard me say that. Can you imagine what a herb uh, you must stop. have seemed like? Stop. I was a total herb. <laughs> a total herb. Sleigh riding club. Now, uh, I remember a friend of mine no, in that do we era. Have, wait, why? How did, how did the properly introduced Bob end up revisiting the sleigh riding club thing? Um, there were. I remember there were other camp campaign promises like we're going to get a soda machine roller skating in the hallways roller skating in the hallways all practical all fun wait a minute <laughs> sleigh not... riding club how does one even set up such a thing anyway so well, that's bob's resume if i would have been voted in i would have had an answer for you but you guys missed out <laughs> i want to see the to- i want to see the tally by that's the what you get for voting for chris carley instead of me um, so there you go. That's Bob's uh, introduction. Terrible intro. <laughs> Probably the worst intro I could have asked for. But thank you. Yes. So that's Bob. Um, so and, I was on Twitter. And you were on Twitter and at Bob Kestrone. And you commented that you were walking through the airport with a guitar. Now, I'm going to put together, based on some context clues Yes. Uh, in recent weeks, your mother, after... Decades and decades living in Rockland County, where we're from, is moving south. Yes, she's moving to Florida. She hit the old Jewish Speaking woman. Speaking of cliches. Age. Yeah, yeah, the old Jewish woman age where they force her to move to Florida with all the rest of the old Jewish women. Who's they? Is it like a, a white, coven of old white, Jewish women? It's just white America in general. They're just like the Jews <laughs> go to Florida. It's time to leave. Yep, the Christians go to Arizona. They, they have it all planned out. So as part of this, and this, I have a similar situation with... When you grew, you grow up somewhere and then you move far away and then all of a sudden you start building a life, you end up leaving behind a bunch of crap, essentially. Yes. And it sounds like um, you left behind at some point a guitar. But where where was the guitar from? You're, you're close. So a lot of this uh, vacation for me was being back home, going through all my old stuff. I sent you a lot of uh, pictures of things yes. I was finding. Horribly incriminating things that we had written in notebooks or things that we had... Uh, you burn them as you were lo- reading. I'm them, right? saving them because of this globally popular podcast you're on. I think at some point I could use them as leverage to get leverage you to for what? do my bidding. I don't know. We'll see. Well, you're a sick fuck. I Bob. know. Well, you know, you got to think ahead. You're globally popular. So you gotta, are truly a bad friend. Go I know, on. I know. Uh, so went through a lot of my stuff. Also, uh, Went through just my mom was apparently a hoarder. I never knew this my whole life. Mm, Didn't throw out a goddamn thing in the last like 25 years. So there was my stuff, my dad's stuff, my grandparents stuff. And the one thing I knew I was going to take back to California with me was my dad had a 1967 Fender Mustang guitar. Oh, wow. So it's like a it legitimate is a guitar, legitimate badass guitar. That's been at my a mom's B-A-G. house. B-A-G, yes. guitar, bag. So that's the thing that it's always been like, that's the thing I'm going to take home at some point. And that point had finally come. So I had to uh, 
uh, to bring it back. And now I have it. The late Steve Castrone, was he a guitar player? He played guitar. Played a little guitar. You, that's a bad job by you, Bob. Played a little guitar, played a little Why saxophone. Why did you learn? Um, I did learn. You've heard me play the beginning <laughs> no, right. of Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes. <laughs> you kill that. You slay that shit, you, dude. You know what the problem was? He had this badass guitar, and he also had a big, fat, ugly acoustic guitar. And he would try to teach me how to play the big, fat, ugly acoustic guitar, and I had no interest. Didn't we have... There was a coffee shop in New City. Caffeine Jones. Caffeine Jones, which... Popped up at the height of the Friends mania. It was 100% inspired by Friends. Right. It was a lot of couches, a lot of colors, and then a lot of people not paying money and just basically hanging out in the in the cafe. Friends got a lot of fat women to get the Rachel haircut and <laughs> turn a lot of uh, boring places into coffee shops. Why is that? Because it doesn't... A woman, a bigger woman, <laughs> a, a Zaftig yes. uh, a female... A pleasantly plump lady. The the Rachel cut, I don't know if it, it's framing that type of face. I know, but they just saw it and they said, Too that's nicely. it. There it is. That's me now. Yeah. Um, anyway, I remember, didn't you bring that giant guitar? Yeah, there? we would bring and the we guitar like wrote around. some fake songs. Yeah, we'd or? write fake songs and pretend like we knew what we were doing and we were just being idiots. Mm-hmm. It was sense. fun. Anyway, but you, um, you felt cool walking through the I've airport. I honestly never felt cooler. I had this uh, guitar in this like old school guitar case too. And I was just like walking around with my guitar in the Syracuse International Airport. Then <laughs> oh stopover, Charlotte. Also worth noting, I popped a uh, little breath mint uh-huh. along the way, a California breath mint. So you were really feeling I was though. feeling super fucking cool <laughs> with my guitar. Did you just take out that guitar and start plucking it a yeah, little bit? Yeah, and somehow I know how to play perfectly. <laughs> but yeah, a dude came over to me and started like talking. He's like, what kind of guitar is that? He's like, is that a Fender? I'm like, oh, it is. He's like, I can tell by the old case. I play a... And I'm like, oh, so cool, So who fucked who once you guys <laughs> this went guy to the airport great. motel? A woman started talking to me when I was uh, online to get some food. A woman started talking to me. And everybody that worked at the airport was so nice to me. Hmm. It's the opposite of when you travel with, yeah. Like when I was walking up to the gate, I saw the guy spot me holding the guitar and he go and like, he like ran and he grabbed all the stuff, like the, the label to put on it. He's like, Oh, here you go, sir. You're going to gate check this at the end. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> thank you. And then I got to the end and there was a guy waiting. He's like, right this way, sir. Like I've traveled with a stroller before <laughs> and everybody's an asshole to you. When the guy did it, did you like uh, run your fingers through your hair and then flash him devil horns? Yep. And he was like, rock on forever, man. <laughs> rock on forever. I'm glad you had that moment. Bob. So I am only traveling with a guitar case now. Like, I'm never going to learn how to play it. I'm just going to travel with it from now on. I mean, it's it's a guitar that I imagine holds value to you. But I, I also think it would be some, a bit of a shame, Bob, if it just collected dust or if you gave it to Dean or Nicholas. No, I think it's time, Bob, to really I was, build. Well, Maybe it was whatever the, you're saying is what you're gonna do is not what's gonna maybe happen. Maybe it was the maybe it was the breath mint as I was thirty thousand feet over the United Spoiler States of America. <laughs> Might have been a little bit to do with this breath mint that did more than just make my breath smell minty fresh. But I started thinking maybe that'll oh, be no. my midlife crisis move. Oh no! Learn how to play the guitar. I mean, it doesn't get you don't get anything out of it. Honestly, think about it. Though. What I love what do you have to gain? Uh, by learning how to play a hobby Anna begins at this point a hobby I'm only going to learn songs <laughs> that could help me fuck 18 year olds in 1997 but we, that's it we had the window it was generously you know late high school through college obviously even early into your 20s where that would have been a weapon For, right forget about as a musician or a songwriter or anything like that just as something in in the room that 
could take your game to the next level. I don't imagine there to be any upside at this point. Uh, dad band. Look it up. Oh, no. <laughs> Me finding like three other dads. Just starting you know a dad band. I could, I'm, you're living up there near the mountains there in Pasadena, adjacent. I could totally see 43-year-old Bob Kestrone in a dad band. You know what I put? I could totally see You it. know what I put in my Amazon shopping cart today? What? A mini amp. And let me tell you something, Bob. I, when you were in your early 20s and you were doing stand-up, I was a good friend. I went to many of your shows. You supported did? you. I will not be going to these shows. No, you're coming. You've hit the quota. No, you know, you're not. You're not things you're not being, I have to go to to support your art. You're half right. You're not going to be in the crowd. You're going to be like the mighty, mighty Boston guy and just be dancing on the side of the stage. <laughs> the dancing guy? The dancing dad. <laughs> Um, I, I want to be more like the, the midget from Kid Rock, <laughs> which is a great segue into today. Yes, it is. We uh, had to segue somehow. Uh, episode, which is a look back at Woodstock 99. And uh, we want to be talking about this album or this um, godforsaken music festival without you, the Patronis. Yes. Patreon.com slash throwback. Pod. Pod, where you can support the show. Even a little helps a lot uh, from uh, $2 all the way up to our premium package, which isn't really much of a package at all, but it is an incredible show of support from people like... Like Bruno, the sponsor, who's been here since day one. Bruno. And Courtney and her husband, Wyatt, just keeping us going. It's amazing. Courtney and Wyatt. What a relationship. They got twins on the way. Oh, my goodness. Two kids already. That's two plus two, buddy. And it's four kids. No. Yep. That's what oh, that they is. got that one. That's what that means. That's Four scenario. kids. That's like two cars. That's like an extra row that's in the minivan. They're doing it. Good that's for them. Rough. Good well, for them. That's life. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you for supporting us. We're going to talk about Woodstock 99 because uh, next week is the 20th anniversary of the Doomed Festival, uh, which famously, Bob, or I should say infamously, was built upon the it was like supposed to be a a look back at the woodstock 69 festival which is obviously a touchstone moment oh shit that never dawned on me yeah in uh pop culture back uh when our parents were teenagers uh but it turned into just like a hideous like shit filled piss filled fire fest rape filled um uh, larceny filled yeah Corn filled. A lot of corn. K. And no water. Nope. Uh, Disaster um, of pop culture. And you can, you're seeing some oral histories out there right now. There's even a a podcast out there by your enemy, Stephen Heidenbob. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, Documenting uh, the festival. And people are going, going a little crazy. They're saying this was the end of a generation, our generation's youth, innocent, blah, blah, blah. I feel like oh, that's, that's almost a, giving that's, it too much credit. Yeah, that's giving it a lot of credit. No, it was just a... Real, it was the it, end of the 90s alternative movement, and it was in an ugly... Ended with an ugly thud. Yeah, it was a very appropriate metaphor for what was happening. The alternative movement was dying. This corn kid rock bullshit was coming up. And what better way to signify it than by lighting Bethel, New York on fire and raping everybody? <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, was it Bethel? I think it was Rome. Was it Rome? Okay, yeah. Way to go, Bob. Well, the original Woodstock was in Bethel, and then they had to wait. There was an original Woodstock. It should it should be known, by the way, that this was a hugely successful event initially. Everyone knew somebody that was going to Woodstock '99 because we were 19. We were four. No, sorry, f- yeah, 14 for Woodstock '94, where we were just like a little too young to do right. it. Like I would have loved to but have been. But it seemed very cool. It looked like yeah. we were old enough to be like, "This is the coolest thing in the world." But nobody right. our age was going. And it was just a cynical cash grab as right. the one that took place five years later and went yes. down in infamy. But in that one, the only thing that happened was uh, Billy Joe Armstrong ate mud and, and wore a tie with a question mark on it. Wore a tie with a question. He dressed like the Riddler, um, and that's how that that event is remembered. Uh, things just went a little differently uh, in this event. So what what they put out some type of album compilation album um several years ago uh woodstock 99 so we dug it out of the archive and we're gonna go through it it was like 30 tracks long but we we've called from that 13 songs that represent the era yeah Yeah, or error nicely that's why you're a pro hate myself that's why you're wanna die all right so let's get into it bob and we'll start with what you'll see also, Bob, is we've done, what, 75 episodes or so? At least. Uh, focusing on 90s rock. Yep. Uh, primarily. So a lot of our favorites or bands that we've hit are going to pop up here. Nice. Starting with, yes, we did do a corn podcast. Yes, we did. Because of Stephen Hyden, my now enemy. All right. Let's get into Blind by Corn. Oh, God. I mean, who was the, the bassist? Squigsy or Mousy? Squiggy Malone. Head, Heady? Head. Head. Was it Head? I mean, they don't have the gravitas to be I building forgot. up their first song yeah. like this. <laughs> they but do, though. They were the biggest fucking band at the time. You want to talk about, you know, where this band stood in terms of recognition and the pedestal they were they sat upon at this point? When they put together this compilation, like, oh, lock it in. Track one. Track one's got to be corn. Blind. Jonathan Davis and Squigsy. <laughs> there it is. Monkey. Is that true? Yeah, there was a monkey. Holy shit, start. <laughs> start your bullshit already. Wait, have yeah. we done a live album? I don't think so. All right, here we go. People are in. Yeah, they're in. Of course they're in. It's 1999. 400,000 Everybody people, just knew that the world was about to end once the clock struck midnight on the year 2000. <laughs> Their bank accounts would be erased. The traffic lights would stop working. 
that was it. That was, I think, it. Uh, it was TV, traffic lights. It was your bank account. Bank accounts. It would computers wouldn't know the date anymore, right? Which, yeah, it would, it would be like loss. a minor inconvenience. Deal with that. Yeah, but that's it. But the traffic light thing seemed like a pretty big deal. That at the was time. the big one they were really hammering. But couldn't you have just reset the light? I mean, it didn't seem like that big a deal. No, because the computers wouldn't know what, what reset means anymore because it's the year 1900 again. So we could have just went back to 1900. It would have like, been nice. Yeah, make America great again. Um, all right, so. This is corn. This is blind. Here's Kurt Loader, Bob, describing the scene at Woodstock, July 27, 1999, in USA Today. I'm going to try to do my best, Loader. It was dangerous to be around. The whole scene was scary. There were just waves of hatred bouncing around the place. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it was clear we had to get out of there. It was like a concentration camp. Wait a second. Whoa, loader. Wait a second. <laughs> to get in, you get frisked to make sure you're not bringing in any water or food that would prevent you from buying from their outrageously priced booths. You wallow around in garbage and human waste. There was a palpable mood of anger. In Loader's defense, um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers also played Auschwitz. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that was the uh, concentration camp comparison. But, Is that what it was? Yeah, that was probably it. Um, <laughs> wow. Loader going for it. Really going for it. Is he allowed to it. say that? No, I don't think he is. When did he say that? If, he did he say it at the time at or the like time. recently? Obviously, okay. he was he was shook. He was definitely shook. So he was really uh, no. laying it on thick. MTV covered Woodstock 99 like it was 9-11 before 9-11. <laughs> like they were so shook and affected by everything that happened it was nonstop Woodstock 99 coverage on that network for weeks. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I'm sure Gideon Yego got a good scare. Oh, poor young Gideon. So young, so naive and innocent. Tabitha. Tabitha. You got to put her in like a Pope mobile. Make sure she's safe. Keep her safe. There was, it was kind of near the end of the loader era. So maybe at this point he was, you know, he's getting up there in age. John Norris was like the Brian Williams at the time who just kind of saw the opportunity. And said, you know what? This is where I'm going to make a name for myself. I'm going to report behind the lines and really get into Woodstock 99 and tell the people how it is. I'm sure John Norris is very busy at Woodstock 99, but maybe not in a reporting sense. Hmm. Hmm. You hear stories about John you Norris. You do hear stories. <laughs> All right, let's get into our, our second choice. Um, I th- that's We don't need to hear Corn anymore on this show, right? No, but you know what? We did that whole Follow the Leader album. I think Blind is a better song than everything we listened to that day. Is Blind not on the album? I can't remember. I don't think it is. I think it's on the first album. All right, let's peek, uh, take a peek into the beating heart of Trump America. <laughs> Our next president. Here Kid we Rock. go. The Immortal. Bob Ritchie. What a name. I mean, I get it. It's live. There's a build up. Yeah, you're building it up. But, you know. And we're going to talk over the big moment. It better be here. Nope. This fucking asshole. What's he doing right now? He's definitely just walking around like pounding his chest with one hand. Like I Martin thought you meant like right now. Right now he's in the White House somewhere. Oh, that's true. He's making a sandwich. Oh, see, we talked over it. <laughs> this 
Kurt Loder a Jew? Yeah. I mean, he's aware of what happened in concentration camps. <laughs> I think he's a Jew, During right? World War II. I think he's one. Does he live in Florida like my mom? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I mean, people are throwing that around. Isn't it? Hasn't it come up recently as well? Yes, of course. That's why. Camps? That's why I asked when he said it. Yeah, because if he said it now, that would be highly insensitive. <laughs> People need. I mean, it's a similar situation where we see what you're trying to get across. Right. But well, we're aware of what actually happened in concentration camp. It's camps. kind of like the boy who cried concentration camp. Like <laughs> if everything's a concentration camp, then nothing's a concentration camp. Exactly. Uh, this I listen, Bob. This song's a banger. Always was. Always will be. I've always had a little soft spot in my heart for Kid Rock because I think in part because I saw him live and I didn't realize it for until years later. He was at the Warped tour in like '97 or '98 when I went with our friend Brian. Right. And I remember seeing him on stage with his little dwarf friend. What was the kid's name? It was a man. Kid, he was a man. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. It was, it was like Little Willie or something. I don't know. <laughs> little Willie. After defending him as a man, <laughs> you guessed that his name was Little Willie. It was, I'm sure it was a highly degrading name. It was like it was. Ralph or something, wasn't it? No, I don't think it was Ralph. Baby Ralph? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely insulting in some way. Diminutive Doug? Uh, but no, I kind of was like, this guy's kind of fun. And he was hard. Stump? They call him Stump? Stumpy? I don't know. He was kind of harmless. He felt harmless when everything else was getting terrible. Kid Rock just the felt midget like, or Rock? No, I'm talking about Kid Rock. Uh, and then definitely the dwarf. I, mean, I don't he know. He seemed to have some anger, the dwarf. I, <laughs> the angry dwarf? Is that who Ben Folds was singing about? One angry dwarf? I, that was a deep Folds ref that I, I missed. There's a callback to all my Ben Folds fans out there. <laughs> um... See, all I can think about is because the the little person's name is on the tip of my tongue. Well, you were saying you saw him at Warp Tour. Yeah, and they were at Warp Tour, and I was like, "This is fun." And then uh, I didn't. I don't even think I realized it until years later that this was the same guy. But I liked Bob Deba in that genre. I was like, "That's fine." I didn't think he would go on to have multiple hit singles and you know be in the White House twenty years later. But um, at the time, that one did not bother me. Um, I would say that Cowboy is my favorite terrible song of the 90s. Yeah, I like Cowboy. I mean, a absolute wretched piece of shit, uh, but I quite enjoy it. And uh, you know how I feel about his duet with Sheryl Crow, Picture. Picture, of course. Beautiful song. I think that was a number one hit. It was a beautiful him. song. Uh, he also had like uh, had American Badass. Remember that one? And that mm-hmm. became, uh, I think, The Undertaker started using that. Really? That makes uh, sense. As his entrance music when he went through like a, I, he went through a motorcycle like he he, per- he went from, a motorcycle gang guy. He went from undead to just being a guy on a Harley. Which is, I get it. How long do you want to play a dead guy? Right. All right. All right. Now the villains. Ooh. The villains of Woodstock 99. Whether fair or unfair, man. Fair. Okay, here we go. Olympus, let's listen to the great Fred Durst. Kid Rock plus Midget. Sideshow Bill? Josie. <laughs> Josie was his name. That's right. And he passed away, Bob, in November 2000. Oh, wow. Shortly after this. 
26 years old. Oh, that's sad. So before you make light of his death, Bob, understand that this was a person. I would not make light of his death. One week after he had turned 26, he died in his sleep from celiac disease complications while visiting his parents, Bob. He had parents. Of course he had parents. Did you ever think about that when you were shooting your slings? I've never slung a single thing at Jose. stump? Wait, no, that was literally you that said that. That's totally untrue. Anyway, here we go. What Let's the listen. fuck is Fred Durst mumbling about? I don't know. Let's listen. Is this the 90s version of the Huey Lewis song? This is, uh, yeah, he's like Johnny Cash. I've been everywhere, man. He's just doing it. He's naming places. What was the Huey song? It was like, I love Cleveland and rock yeah. and roll. Heart of rock and roll. Heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. All right, Hearing this now, it really does hammer home. If you were into the type of music that Bob and I were into uh, in the 90s, that great alternative rock sound that you could find on certain radio stations and on Alternative Nation on MTV back in the day, to see how quickly it shifted to this being the dominant form of quote-unquote rock it was pretty jarring. Yeah. And borderline hurtful. You know what? Because like, we were 19. Like, yeah, it was like. This was it. This was, we were yeah. in college. This was when the memories will be made forever. This is like the music that we will tell our kids about. Like, I found this in college. That was a famous uh, quote somebody had just about the things you find in college are the things that you bring with you for the rest of your life. Damn it. And this was ours. <laughs> so, Limp Biscuit was probably the biggest band of this kind of well corn was right there too but the biscuit they were they took the heat basically for what happened at woodstock well and if you're too young to remember they were the ones while they were performing they were sort of at the time being blamed for like inciting a riot during their performance right and that's when things started to rage it was at the end of the festival and people started tearing plywood from the walls yeah, yeah. during uh break stuff and several sexual assaults were reported in the aftermath of the concert. Fred Durst stated during the, his uh, set, don't let anybody get hurt, but I don't think you should mellow out. That's what Alanis Morissette had you motherfuckers do. If someone falls, pick them up. Durst also said during a performance of the hit song Nookie, we already let all the negative energy out. It's time to reach down and bring that positive energy to this motherfucker. It's time to let yourself go right now because there are no motherfucking rules out there. So he was kind of playing both sides of the yeah, fence. Yeah, he was trying to have it both ways. Uh, but And also, you know, he's a rock star and he was doing his thing. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass because that's not how history remembers it. People would think that Durst was basically commanding people to right. destroy the place, which he wasn't doing. That's how Loader presented it to everybody. Primus member Les Claypool told the San Francisco Examiner, Woodstock was just Durst being Durst. Ooh. Ooh, his attitude is no press is bad press, so he brings it on himself. He wallows in it. Still, he's a great guy. All right, uh, let's move on. Um, you want to hear an actual 
great band from this era? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Because there were great bands at Woodstock 99, which is why we would have gone. We haven't gotten there yet, but they're coming. Here we go. Look at this. Rage Against the Machine, one of their, they have like five unbelievable singles. And if you're like a real Rage fan, which I don't proclaim to be, uh, you could, you'll probably say, oh, but they probably have 20 other songs right. that are amazing. But I can only speak for what was big on the radio, and I cannot name one Rage single that I don't love to this day. I don't think there's including a, this. I don't think there's a band. I don't think there's a band from this time that has aged better than Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they sound just as good, if not better, now. You kind of wish they, they were around. The totally. I feel like they would be. They would plug into what's going on in the world right now and be able to write some like righteous, angry rock. Yeah, it's kind of like the same thing with like I'm still a little bit annoyed with John Stewart. Right. For tapping out. Yeah. Like Stewart. Even if he, he was burned out by, I don't know why he, he got out of, uh, you know, The Daily Show and all that. Like, kind of needed John. Could have used him. And we could we could use Rage. Yep. Where are the heroes, Bob? Listen to this guitar. Yeah. Tom Morello. Baby. I was going to answer you. But... Morello is one of my favorite guitarists ever. And he, um, later on in the last decade, started touring with Springsteen. Yeah. Which was a really fun thing when you would go see Bruce. And then he would bring kind of like a fresh sound to the E Street Band. And um, Springsteen doesn't really get enough credit for being a really great guitarist. They would really play off each other well. And nobody plays a guitar that sounds like Tom Morello's guitar. He's the secret weapon of... Raging oh, totally, yeah. It's not so secret. De La Rocha, I don't know what happened to Zach De La Rocha. I was just thinking that. You would have thought he would have popped up here and there doing things. I feel like the best... See, they're also proof that what these other bands, angry white boy bands of the late 90s missed, that you could do angry and you could do loud and aggressive and still have it be melodic and just sound good and kind of rock. Well, and have smart lyrics too, like write write about something. Right, and um, my by far my favorite rage moment is uh, it's not this song, but you know you know what it is. Uh, Fuck you! I won't do what you told me. Oh, that. Fuck you! I yeah. won't do what you told me. That's fun. 
your favorite moment is making me do extra editing on the episode because you yelled so loud into the mic <laughs> that it hurt my head. Poor Bob. But you're a rock guitarist, Bob. You <laughs> that is true. I have it. to get used to it. I do have to get used to it now that I play my 1967 I'm gonna, I'm gonna Fender repeat, Mustang. Bob. I'm going to repeat, okay? I will not be going to what? any of your dad rock What should shows. I name my dad band? That is a good oh, question. No. Oh. It's going to be so precious. It's no, it's going to it's going to be like Or like jokey. Yeah, I think like, I, oh, we're dads. We have fun out here. That's going to be it. It's going to be oh. a little like punny maybe. Like uh Like grateful to be alive. <laughs> grateful breads <laughs> and just hold bread. What? <laughs> That's what you're going to do. <laughs> no, I was thinking <laughs> Let's keep that one in the chamber. Um I'm not going, Bob. I'm sorry. I, I'm just not going to do it. The dad bods. You're going to come see the dad bods. <laughs> oh, that's definitely what that <laughs> band is going to be called. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, Dan, come on up. You know, we're playing a show. You could stay over. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm busy. Can't, can't do it. Buddy. You'll be there. You'll be there. <laughs> All right. You know who was uh, in Rome, New York, Bob, on July 22nd, 1999? Oh, I wish it was me, but it wasn't. Who was? It was a man from Yonkers, New York, and he had a message. It involved a lot of barking. Oh, boy. Where's my dogs at? <laughs> yes. Where's my dogs at? Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Dark Man X. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Whites love DMX. Oh, I love DMX. I mean, I feel like he he crossed uh, both sides of the aisle, Uh obviously, but the Whites really, as you could hear in Woodstock, really, um, he sold a lot of fucking records because he was a legit crossover hip-hop star. Yeah. Everything he touched turned to gold. In this he, era. he was scary, but not too scary for the he whites. He's pretty fucking scary. But though. the whites were still able to embrace him and his scariness. I think because he would do the barking. And that's stuff. it. Like, oh, that's yeah. not too scary. Yeah, dogs aren't fun. Most dogs aren't scary. He's in character. Like he's not really <laughs> scary. But then I, I worked with a guy. Um, I don't know if I told the story in the podcast before, but I worked with a guy who also grew up in the New York area who once told me that his best friend. This is like in 2001 or 2002. Mm-hmm. DMX had been, you know, a world-renowned recording artist for years. He claimed, and I'm not saying this happened, that his best friend was jumped by DMX himself and another guy um, and robbed in the Yonkers area after DMX was already I famous. completely believe it. That's incredible. Like the Dark Man X, you needed to scratch that itch. Yeah. no, you Allegedly. Can't hide, can't hide who you are. Dog's a dog. Uh, but if it if it was indeed him that was mugging people after That's he was a millionaire, pretty amazing. I mean, he's keeping it real. This was my favorite uh, rap era of just insane yelling things. That's he my was fa- the best at it. That's my favorite type of rap, and he was the best at it. He was it. the Babe Ruth at yelling. Things. <laughs> just yelling, just wild, crazy talk. <laughs> like he committed to the dog thing Yeah He really did God that would have been my senior quote If we graduated one year later Fuck, Fuck around, around I'm, I'm gonna, gonna bite, bite you, you. <laughs> I mean should we do It's dark and hell is hot Is that the, one of his albums I, Yeah that sounds right 
I would love to. You know, we talked about my old roommate from college, Alan, who owned every single uh, he had to be into CD. DMX. Big into DMX. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so we got to a lot of DMX playing in the dorm. Does Alan listen to this podcast? I don't think so. Does he know that we do like 15 minutes on Shaquille O'Neal? No, but if Shaq had Recently? a podcast, I'm sure he would listen to that every episode. All right, Bob. So, we're, I mean, I feel like we're turning the corner a little bit here now, and I still feel a little uncomfortable. I feel, I feel like... I'm in danger. It feels like we're not safe so far. So far, if we had tickets to this concert, we would be very uncomfortable. We would have had moments that we right. enjoyed, but this would not have been the concert we thought we were signing up for. I mean, I wouldn't mistake in it for a death camp necessarily, no, but I would feel I wouldn't feel like I was in my comfort that zone. That is one of the underreported uh, atrocities of the Holocaust, though, is the music was just lousy. Terrible. Terrible music. Bad, bad, bad. Okay, here we go, Bob. Now it's time to get comfortable. It's easy enough to be yes! these things by your praise. Sank into Eden with you. Alone in the church by and by. I'll read to you here, save your eyes. You need them, your boat is at sea, Lord. Your anchor is up, you've been swept away. And the greatest of teachers won't hesitate. You know who wasn't tearing plywood off walls and setting fires and assaulting people? Live fans. No, live fans were just fucking rocking out in the mosh pit, They're but like, respectfully. It's like, this, this is rock music with a spiritual message. Yes. That's what they were all about. I'm going to rock out, but respect my fellow man. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I believe in God, but I believe in a higher power out there. Yeah. And I'm just going to focus on the words of Eddie Kowalczyk. Man, this would have been fun. It would have been fun to be in this field listening to live in 1999. <laughs> Fuck everybody that doesn't love live. Mm. They got, I remember them getting boned. Because I remember watching this. It was live. On pay-per-view, I believe. And it really, with these festivals, if you're playing during when it's like 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. and it's 150 degrees out, right. you're either a band that's up and coming or you're kind of locked into that mid-tier level where you don't quite get the primetime slots. Or in Live's case, it might have been the Sabbath. <laughs> it could have been the Sabbath. But yeah, they, they. I remember them playing in blinding daylight. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> He definitely was not wearing a shirt. Because we're about four years removed at this point, five years removed from lightning crashes and I alone and selling the drama. And this is the Dolphins Cry album they were touring behind. Which yeah. Had, had a few bangers on it. But they, it was kind of over for live at this point. Right. Like, Despite their best efforts. The younger fans that were into the Limp Biscuits and Corn were not excited to see the band that was cool five years earlier play these songs no. about ancient yeah play these songs about placentas 
and uh, have Eddie Kowalczyk's ponytail bouncing around in the background. <laughs> I mean, our beloved Counting Crows, Bob, they were touring behind what was one of their better records, th- This Desert Life yeah. at this point. They didn't even make this fucking compilation. They didn't make the top 33. Maybe they opted out. And they played Daylight as well, Bob. They did play Daylight. They, right. All the bands of that we kind of loved yeah, were they, still putting out relevant music, but they had been... Uh, I shouldn't say realm. They were still putting out good music and they were still artistically yes. um, in a good place. But pop culture just moved on very quickly from bands yeah. like Live. Not and, to the point where yeah, they weren't invited to Woodstock. They just didn't have right. the headlining nighttime slots. Wait, Qualtrics talking. But I have to hear him talking, doing crowd work, Bob. Hang on. Crowd's not responding. Yeah, the crowd. Crowd's like it's noon. Like I am high on drugs or sleeping off a hangover right now. <laughs> Leave me alone. I was just sexually assaulted by four <laughs> Limp Biscuit fans. <laughs> Give me a moment. All right. And you know the good news, Bob. We're gonna hit the hat, hat trick with I alone because, as, as we've said before, throwing copper their 1994 breakthrough. We've hit that on the show. It's one of our earlier episodes. We're going to hit it again. We're going to do the same album a second time, yes. Throwing Copper by Live, at some point in the somewhat near future. And yes, track three is I Alone, which means we will talk about this song a third time at some point on the Throwback Pod. Patreon.com slash Throwback Pod. There could be a month, and we're not promising this, but there could be a month where we do Throwing Copper three times. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give a little bit of... Um, Time clarity now, Bob, uh, about what was happening. So Saturday night of the festival was the Limp Bizkit concert. Okay. okay? And that's when the plywood Plywood, torn. yes. That was the uh, vandalism that was happening. That was when a lot of there were assaults reported right. and all that. Sunday night was when the Chili Peppers took the and stage. That was the fire. And there were two stages, Bob, an East stage and a West stage. On the East stage... Yeah, the Chili Peppers, who were as hot as they'd ever been at that point. They had put out their, what was that album called? With the pool and the fire. Californication. Oh, Californication, yeah. And they were on one stage, Dave Mustaine and Megadeth on the other. Wow. And fires break out. You know how fires broke out, Bob? This is great. So there was an anti-gun violence organization called PAX that had distributed candles to people that had stopped by their booth during the day, intending to give them, intending to set up a candlelight vigil to be held during the Chili Peppers performance of Under the Bridge. But during the band's set, the crowd began to light the candles, with some also using the candles and lighters to start bonfires. Hundreds of empty plastic water bottles that littered the lawn area were used as fuel for the fire which had spread to both stages by the end of the performance that is a five cent beer night level miscalculation by these fucking hippies hippie idiots (laughs) (laughs) my god i mean you know great cause candlelight vigil in a lot of ways they're ahead of the curve with the you know being anti-gun and all that but let's be honest 
I mean, what kind of idiot do you have to be <laughs> at a festival where everyone is aggro and sweaty and looking to cause trouble, and you're handing out fire for one song that the Chili Pepper during the Chili Pepper set when you have all of these fucking meatheads running around angry at the world. So the half the half the campgrounds now are on fire, and the Chili Peppers uh, launch into the Jimi Hendrix classic, Fire. great this is great it does sound good yeah it sound great so this is when shit went crazy <laughs> so and by the way Keita said in his book that he put out, put out a few years ago uh, that Jimi Hendrix's sister had asked the Chili Peppers to play this song as a call back to the original Woodstock oh wow and it wasn't based on uh, that fires had broken out but it was a nice obviously um, connection at the moment now by the end of this encore this was the end of their set Many large high bonfires were burning. People were ripping more fucking plywood, Bob. What's up with all the fucking plywood? Well, I believe they built these fences around the campgrounds because in Woodstock 94, the fences came down very quickly and it became a free concert. Oh, that's right. So I think what they did was they really made an effort to keep people out. And that was symbolic. Plywood, bro. It was symbolic more than anything. It was number one, vandalism. Great. Number two, it was symbolic of like we have to tear these things down, right? And that's kind of what they were kind of focusing their. So anger the on. plywood was used to build the fires, which are now are burning like fifty feet in the sky. People dancing around them, and now this is when the trailers full of merchandise and equipment were being broken open and burglarized. Uh, vendor booths were being turned over and set afire. ATMs were tipped over and broken into. Absolute mayhem. And that's when, you know, Loader just lost his shit at that point. Um, so the Chili Peppers, who pretty much skated uh, when compared to, because they didn't fit the narrative. Right. The narrative was to blame the angry young rock band that yeah. scares parents. So right. that's how Limp Bizkit got killed. Chili Peppers kind of skated, but they were on the stage when things truly went next level, it seems. But it wasn't their fault fault like they they weren't inciting it but at that point it clearly the hippies incited all of this violence and anger amongst everybody <laughs> which is ironic the gun hating hippies uh considering woodstock's roots all right bob i told you it's gonna get safer and safer despite all the scariness yes oh we're back we're back to what this podcast is meant to be <laughs> Bob, can I interest you in some trippin' billies? Yes, you can. <laughs> Voice of a generation, bitch. Oh, yeah. 
violinist. There he is. Boyd. Tinsley, a follower of the Throwback Pod on Twitter, <laughs> which seems... I feel like it's safe now. We were a little nervous when Boyd followed us, <laughs> based on some things we may or may not have said on this podcast. Could have went in a couple directions. Really could have just been gathering intel <laughs> for the eventual lawsuit. But I think we're in the clear now. Knock on wood, Bob. <laughs> but I think we're okay. Whew. Um... Yeah, so, of course, Dave Matthews Band. They played on Saturday on the East Stage. Who was on the other stage while Dave was playing? Because I want to put 19-year-old me at Woodstock. If Dave was on one stage and I was not a Dave fan, not like I am today, who was on the other stage? All I can tell you is who was big acts that were on the West stage that same day. Okay. Okay, so... Um, I'll let you know if I would go see Dave or that other act. Spitfire? Oh, Dave. Guster. Uh, I'd probably go see Guster. Bruce Hornsby. Dave. Everclear. Oh, obviously, Everclear. Here's my guess for who was on the other stage. Ice Cube and the reunion of NWA. That's a tough one. I don't know. Where would you go? I mean, in retrospect, I would have... NWA is the right answer, but I think in in that moment, I would have gone to Dave. Probably Los Lobos. Oh, fuck. Lobos. No, I'd go to Dave. Mickey Hart and the Planet Drum. No idea what that is. You're just making up things now. Here's the other potential option that they're up against. The Chemical Brothers. Depends on what drugs I was on. (laughs) Probably Dave. Do you think you would have walked around with your guitar strapped over your back? Oh, I would have definitely brought my guitar to Woodstock and not played it. I remember being in a pool hall in Rockland County the weekend of Woodstock and there was a conversation about potentially going and then it, everyone was made aware that I believe the ticket was like 150 bucks or 200 bucks right and that kind of was the deal breaker yeah that would be a deal breaker back then so I think the drive wouldn't have been too bad it would have been like four hours or something probably. no not even oh closer than from Rockland County yeah two oh should we have gone to Woodstock '99? Is that a missed op? Yeah, we probably should have missed op. We should have gone. We could have. We could have saved it. I don't think Dave needed a violinist. And I. And what if, do you mean? That's like ninety percent of Dave. If Tinsley's listening, no offense, it's not on you. I just think it what made would, every song worse. <laughs> you're not wrong, but what would Dave be without a violinist? Come on. I don't know, Bob. Uh, here's. Something. I do like Dave live because his voice is extra Davey. Yes. Like he really puts on the Dave. I mean, that you could say about a lot of artists. They kind of crank up whatever the traits are in yeah. their vocal. Uh, but Dave really does lean into it. Also known for this, Bob, is the immortal Brian Setzer. <laughs> this was a thing. Like, young people. I, it feels like it was a bit of a media construct in retrospect. Mostly created by Gap. Yeah, the gap was really integral in and this a couple thing. maybe like teen movies. Swingers. I mean, swingers. I think is what really mainstream. Swingers, it. of course. Yeah. Swingers. Uh, made it seem like swing music was like a legit thing that was hot, but was it really? You know, I think we were because this I mean, was. Let's be honest. Let's cut through the bullshit here, Bob. Do you think if we were like three years older, we would have gone to like swing lessons to meet ladies? 
to swing dance. Like hoping to find Heather Graham. Yes. But not finding anyone that looked anything not even like close. Heather Graham. Just finding uh, Zaftig women with Rachel haircuts. Doesn't frame their face right. <laughs> it doesn't work. It just doesn't. It's, and I'm not trying to be mean. But no, not at all. It's If you have like a, a cherubic face, um, having the way that it frames the face, it just... You know. Yeah. And we're obviously fashion experts as well as anything to do with hair and makeup. We right, know what we're talking incredibly, about. Incredible bods and faces ourselves. So right. we can say We are this. two Adonises, so we are able to speak on this. Uh, this is Rock This Town, which I believe was a sets or hit from the 80s, right? That... That re- brought that along. It like popped back up in the late '90s during the big, the big swing revival with the big bad voodoo daddies. And Total bullshit. It was all about the gap. The squirrel nut zippers and Brian Setzer. I don't have time for this shit, Bob. I can't believe this guy was at Woodstock. How does and how does he make the Woodstock CD and the crows are bumped? Uh, that's a good call. What a disgrace! Too. I mean, the with the stupid shirts they wore, like those bowling shirts. Mm-hmm. And and then the shorts with the chain, a lot of wallet just, chains. Can we just calm down? That could not die quickly enough. The swing revolution. It, it wasn't even a real thing. I'm sure it was a real thing in the world that um, that uh, John Favreau and and Vince Vaughn and all those guys inhabited in Los Angeles. You could 100% see that being a thing here. Legitimately, yes. But the idea, and then you could see how some faux hipsters would try to embrace it after seeing swingers on VHS for the hundredth time. Mm -hmm. But the idea that swing music was an actual big deal. No, I don't fucking buy that. (laughs) I know we were in the suburbs and maybe tucked away at our uh, college institutions. So maybe other people in urban centers or perhaps like in middle America were going nuts to swing music. There was nobody in Rockland County. Like when Caffeine Jones closed down, it right. didn't turn into like a swing hall. Like remember Facades? Facades was the one Can't underage club you can get into. We'll never forget Facades. Off Route 59 in Spring Valley. Was what it a under, fucking piece of shit. Was it underage was. or did you could you just get in with a fake ID? Uh, you could get in with a fake ID. That's, no, no. You could get in. Was it 18 in, and over? It was 18 and over, but it was very easy to drink when you were in drink. there. Yeah. But what you had the what you had to pay for was, first of all, a little bit of a sketchy area. Oh, yeah. For sure. And it was just never fun there. It was miserable. Whoever had a fun time at Facades. But you were able to get two beers for $18, so it was worth it. But fuck swing music and fuck the narrative that it was a thing. I mean, the whites, you could put a lot on the whites. And I understand the whites have not been at their best, especially recently. (laughs) Especially recently. Um, The whites are flawed, and there's no doubt about it. And I say that as a white, and Bob is a white. But don't hang swing music revival on us. No, it's on us. It's our real. fault. It's our it fault. It wasn't now. real. It was a bunch of corporate guys uh, at Gap Inc. that tried to make it seem like it was a real right. thing. Right. You know who's really going to bring back swing music? The dad bods in Pasadena <sighs> in the summer in 2022. I'm dreading that bullshit. Come on out. I take Jewel is a terrible singer. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> she could yodel. You remember this one? Not really. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Hitting those notes though. Fuck you. 
<laughs> Love Julia. Love Julia. She was the best. Oh my god. I saw her at the uh, Rob Lowe roast a couple of years back. Where oh, she, she was wearing the dress. I remember she that. She performed. She, she was nice great. Job. She killed. She's funny. She seems she to was have a really good she sense hit, of humor. She hit all the jokes. Personality. And then she was at the after party. Yeah, she was. And so were uh, you. Ooh, I was too. But my friend, uh, Josh Adam Myers, went over to her and just struck up small talk with Jewel. And how'd that go? It, he like, I think he got her number, but like to like work on something. Hmm. And because he was doing the goddamn comedy jam, so he was isn't like, she married to a cowboy? He's like, oh, you should be on my show. And he got her number, and is I that what jam sounds like? Yeah, yeah. So does anybody uh, call him Jam? Jay feels like I lost Josh Adam Myers Jam. Seems like a lost opportunity, Mr. Opportunity, been. if you don't call him Jim. But um, we, after he talked to her, he came back, and we totally just like dorked out over the fact, that, like, oh my god, you talked to Jewel. It was like so amazing that somebody talked to Jewel. You know, it was kind of hot that um, that she lived in that fucking van. Yeah, yeah. Sean you know. Penn found that hot. Remember that? Dated him. But she, that's by she was famous by then. Kind of hot, like a twenty-two-year-old Jewel, just you know. Living in that van. You into homeless girls? Certain ones. It's like, I can't afford to do anything. I'm just going to live in this van. I've made some bad decisions that have led me here. Ooh, that's good. Maybe you'll be my next bad decision. Here, come inside my van, which I live out of. <laughs> I clearly am not good at this whole living responsibly thing. Oh, no. She's made mistakes. She's made some mistakes. She's going to make some more. Yes, she will. And she'll get it together eventually. But Maybe. Right now is the mistake portion of her life. Yes. So get in the van. All bets are off. Get in the van. Lock the doors. Click. Are you kidding me with this intro, Bob? Not one fucking bit. Oh, my God. Sit back. Of all bands. Sit back. No, don't you dare. What a disgrace. Have so much fun. We're like next year, guys. Next time they have it, we're gonna be there. And you know what? We're fucking there, and so are you. Yeah, they fucking did it. They mm. fucking did it. Twenty years later, he's been handing out five dollar bills to his bandmates at the airport. Don't you dare to get a muffin. Oh wait, hold on. He's talking about girls in bikinis. Oh, what a segue! Yes. Yes. What the fuck is this? All in. All in. All in. Yes. Yes. I can dig on this one. Yes. Oh, this is insufferable. Yes. This is the first song I'm learning how to fucking play on my guitar. The dad bods. Oh, it's going to be so bad. Here, I just sent you this link. It's like a song that we work on. It's an original. Should I start a oh my, my God. Wait, should I start a MySpace page from the band? Oh, my God. Bob's going to send me original music in two years. <laughs> yes, I this am. This is a fucking nightmare. I am. Come to life. Yeah, you sounded good, man. You sounded real good. 
Your sons are going to be so embarrassed. By I don't know if I'm going to sing. Maybe. I probably will. I mean, I don't know. But I don't know if you should sing. Pump it up. Tell the airport story again, Bob. Love the airport story. <laughs> oh, man. I bet Art feels super cool walking around airports with his guitar, too. Let's talk about the Everclear airport I know you story. Are. I ahead, know you are. That so on the uh, Throwback Pod subreddit, yes, we have a subreddit. If you're on Reddit, go uh, follow us, Throwback Pod. Uh, a friend shared a story about uh, seeing the band Everclear at the airport. He was, uh, I can't remember what airport he was at, but he looked up and he spots Art Alexakis with the uh, other members of the band. Lead singer. And Art was uh, giving them their per diem for the day. <laughs> so they looked up and he sees Art standing there with th- you know three grown men around him Oof. as Art is reaching into his wallet and handing each one of them a $20 bill. Was it even a 20? I mean, let's hope it was a 20. For like was, an airport cheeseburger? Yeah, he was like the dad Oof. giving his kids money to go run around the airport for a little while. But what do you want him to do, Dan? Not give them $20 for a little like, Auntie Anne's pretzel? What do you want? It's like they say, Bob, you either die a hero or live long enough to be a sad sack of shit. <laughs> that is the exact saying. <laughs> Uh, all right, Bob, this will be the last song we listen to ever before we a couple of thoughts before we get yes. into our last song. Thought number one is um, this CD uh, or playlist, but let's say CD because it was a CD they put out. It sounds like shit. It sounds like the entire thing was recorded by like a guy in the crowd holding up one of those old school tape recorders mm, that you would yes. use as a journalist. Yep. Very unprofessional sounding. Ouch. Do you agree? Devastating. Uh, I find in general, I'm not a huge live recorded music fan. I love seeing live music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's generally my feeling about most live shows that, especially ones that are taped in front of big venues, right. big outdoor festivals like this, it just doesn't and that, yeah, pop that's in the way you want That's clearly the to. problem here. Like there are some live albums I can tolerate, but this one just doesn't sound good. No, I, I agree with you. So I would like to propose that whatever song... Mm. We add to our Spotify playlist because at the end of every episode, we do add a song to the Throwback Podcast Spotify playlist. I propose whatever song we Apple pick. Apple Music playlist. There's that too. Whatever song we pick, we use the album recording. Okay, that's fine. You, you're expecting me. You're spoiling for a fight like I give a fuck. No, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. I know you give zero fucks. <laughs> I just wanted to let everybody. No, it's a good idea. I'm emotion- totally on board with you. Everybody emotionally invested in this uh this playlist of ours yes. and this podcast of ours. You want, I want it to, to, you want it to move nicely, yes. the segs to be nice. That's It's a great idea. I'm with you, 100%. Thank you. And Good. you know what? The last song I'm going to listen to? I'm going to just nominate that bitch. Already? That's never happened before. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
that sounded too tight here. <laughs> a little, little lackadaisical. Was this the sound check? And they just threw it on? <laughs> Thirsty again. Right. It's a big chorus that I like on the song. There is. So uh, before we pick, though, let's talk about some of the songs that we uh, omitted from the playlist okay. tonight. Uh, Lit Up by Buck Cherry. Mm. That would have been fun. Misogynistic. The Kids Aren't Alright by The Offspring. Brutal. Uh, Creeping Death by Metallica. Metallica play this? Apparently. Right, here we go. Cheryl, did you really bring in a horn section? <laughs> what do you think you are, the Rolling Stones? I mean, come on. What the fuck are you doing, Cheryl? Come on there. Anyway, go on. All right, here's some other people that played. A horn section for the show pro set. The Roots. You're kidding me. Our Lady Peace. Rusted Root. G-Love and Special Sauce. Elvis Costello. Everlast. Uh, uh, Bush. Megadeth. Godsmack. Seven Dust Creed. So, you know, Bush is another band that was as big as you could fucking be. Yep. Literally three years before this. Yep. And by the time the late 90s rolled around in 2000, when they put out this compilation, they were left off it entirely. Things changed very quickly. Yep. The landscape shifted. I'm also realizing that um, before the episode, we talked about including G Love and Special Sauce on the playlist. You've omitted them, so fuck you. Ran out of time. Feels like it was personal. Shouts to G Love and Special Sauce. Feels like it was very personal, not only to me, but to the entire city of Philadelphia. Here's the greatest thing to ever come out of Philadelphia, and you're basically insulting their entire city. Is that true? Name something better to come out of Philadelphia. Rocky? No. Come on, where's Sylvester Stallone is from Philadelphia? Come on. Is he? I don't know. No, definitely uh, not. Uh, I don't know. Oh, fine. G-Love and Special There it Love. is. Yes. That's the best thing that's Victory. ever come out of Philadelphia. Victory. We did it. I mean, is, is he better than The Roots? Push. <laughs> John Cruck? I mean, come on. <laughs> Cruck. All right. Let's pick it, Bob. So I'm with you. Let's not use the Woodstock 99 recording because it does sound uh, tinny and generally would be out of step with the rest of our throwback podcast playlist. So I agree. You have a myself. song that jumped out at you besides I alone, besides I alone, which is probably what we should Feels put like on. move, but I just want to hear your thoughts. couple thoughts. I think the best song that we heard tonight was bulls on parade. Yes, I agree. I think the best song sung by Dave Matthews that we heard tonight is stripping Billy's TB TB. And I think that uh, I would burn the entire playlist down if we put on Corn or Kid Rock or Limp Bizkit. So that kind of narrows it You would take one of those candles and light some plastic bottles on fire. Which, by the way, how did that even work? That's not highly flammable. I don't know. These guys were basically science majors who figured it out very quickly. Seems toxic. Uh, so those are a couple of my thoughts. I don't need that Cheryl Crow song on our playlist. No, not her best work. I like that song a lot, but it does not sound. If it was the other one that she did, that was about uh, banging Eric Clapton. Yeah, that's a great song. That's a great song. But that's not the song. So that's those are kind of my initial thoughts. 
Down so long by Jewel. I would also never, um, I would never fight including Santa Monica by Everclear on a playlist because it's one of the five best alternative yeah. songs of the nineties. But that, the in, even though we're not using that, that introduction was just, it was a travesty. I understand that, and at some point, I'll probably make you listen to Sparkle and Fade. So that could be coming down. You wouldn't have to make me listen. I would be down. Okay. Although, did we already do? We did uh, their second album. Do you think we need to do a second? Everclear album. Oh, I know we need to do a second <laughs> Everclear album. Uh, this is good. I, I think we should go with Bulls on Parade. I think we'll, we need to put a little bit of an edge I into like the it. playlist. Coming after Eminem, too. It kind of totally fits. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, follow us on on Twitter, at ThrowbackPod, on Instagram, at ThrowbackPod, uh, on Gmail, if you want to send us a message. People, anybody ever send us an email? Thankfully, no. It's kind of over for email, I feel like. It's very few and far between, but we do get some good ones. All right, the throwback pod at Gmail. And yes, again, patreon.com slash throwback pod if you want to support the show and everybody that does. We fucking love you. Yeah, we love you. And if you're not supporting the show, that's fine. Go rate and review us on iTunes. How about that? Right. Or, you know, go to Woodstock 99 at a time machine and get thrown into a giant bonfire. Or that. Because that's how I feel about you. Yes. Yeah, give us two bucks a month. <laughs> Come on. I'm not, I don't want to beg. <laughs> no, it's, you're just demanding it. <laughs> Anything else, Bob? No, that's everything. Thank you, guys. This that's was good. fun. Did we come up with a new sign-off? No, we never have. Huh. So that's it. All right. Maybe that's it. That's it. That's all, folks. That's nope. mine now. Yeah, that's mine. Nope. That's not it. All right. Until next week. DadBot's out. Oh, no. Shell. They barely grow no family.